everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Bill wanted to be there for that. We're going to talk with Bill, I believe, before uh, the uh, the scrimmage and get his thoughts on, on sort of or before the uh, the media uh, opportunity with coordinators and, and get his thoughts on, on what he's looking to hear or what he is uh, is interested in asking about. And then we're also going to get his analysis afterward of what the coordinator said. If there's time, uh, it, you know, it's, it's probably going to be cutting it close. If the if the audio is available, we'll try to run some of that coordinator audio in, in the second hour. It might uh, need to wait till uh, till next week. We are going to have a meeting opportunity uh, with Brian Harson tomorrow so we'll also hear from Brian Harson I imagine both Eric Keesaw and Brian Harson will be asked early about how the quarterbacks performed in the scrimmage going on right now at Jordan Hare Stadium and you know I, I would imagine we're getting closer I don't want to say we're getting close but I imagine we're getting closer to Brian Harson needing to make a decision about how he's going to handle quarterback Week one uh, in the Mercer game, we're, we're just about we're a little more than a week away uh, from from game week for Auburn. So I think if if someone were to perform really strongly, we've heard good things about T.J. Finley. If, if T.J. Finley were to perform well today, you wonder if maybe tomorrow Brian Harson is uh, naming a starting quarterback, and or the competition could continue. There's a lot of outcomes here, but Eric Keesaw uh, scheduled to talk with the media uh, within uh, the next hour or so, and Brian Harson going to talk with the media tomorrow, so we should get uh, some information from the inside, from, uh, from the, uh, the horse's mouth, about, uh, from the horse's mouth. About the uh, about, about the Auburn quarterback situation and everything else uh, going on uh, with the, the depth chart with with Auburn football. So we'll talk with Bill Cameron uh, before uh, before too long uh, here on the Friday edition of the Drive. Hour number one presented by Kia of Auburn, uh, KiaofAuburn.com, where you're always number one. Uh, they also sponsor the hotline, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. On the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Shout out to Derek and everybody at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor uh, the uh, podcast. You can get it uh, however you listen uh, to your podcast. Scott Bagwell, uh, the voice of Auburn High School Athletics, is, is hanging out with us. He's about to uh, hit the road. Uh, for Crampton Bowl, big game tonight. We talked to we talked with you yesterday, but this is a big one. Not just the season opener is big when, when Auburn high school football, especially coming off the, the run of success they've had of late. Uh, but when you start with one of so many big games around the state, I love the trend of uh, get jumping into the season yeah. with you know a, a big competitive. Uh, a big competitive matchup with a team that maybe you wouldn't otherwise see uh, from from the state or from a neighboring state. And Auburn and Hoover uh, tonight at Cramden Bowl in Montgomery. You can hear it on Wings ninety four three. Scott and the Doctor are going to be on the call uh, with uh, with with some support from the uh, uh, from, from your from your very capable crew as well. But uh, Scott, thanks for for making a little bit of time and uh, and yeah, tell us about uh, uh, tell us about tonight's game. Yeah, you know, you mentioned it. I think this is. What we see today, it's it's kind of weird. You take the top five teams in 7A. Number one is playing number one out of Georgia. Thompson against uh, Buford out of Georgia. Um, number two plays number four. Number three plays number five. I think that's just because these teams are struggling to find people to play. Um, Auburn, I know, has struggled the last four to five years to get people to play and try to find places to play. Opelika, they're playing... Callaway out of Georgia tonight. It's just been an interesting That's thing. That's become kind of a tradition almost, a season yeah, opening sort of thing. Four out of the last five years, the only year they did not play was the COVID year. 
Opelika has opened in in um in Callaway. Also, Smith Station opened against Lagrange last night, which same thing basically. So uh, it's uh, I think it's really really good. Um, Auburn starts region play next week. They need to have answers, even if they lose this game, even if they lose tonight by three touchdowns. They find out things they need to know, and they're better off going 0-1 and getting their teeth kicked in than winning by five touchdowns and knowing nothing heading into next week at Enterprise. You, me- you mentioned the experience Auburn brings back. What, what sort of what sort of question marks are there for, for, for this team? What, what are the things that, so, that still need to be sort of answered? Well, the thing is, is on the defensive side, you lose eight starters, yet there's experience. It's weird. Um, the two bookends have played but haven't started really. Uh, is that is that the, because of the way they rotate guys in and the yeah. way and the way they use you know more than it's it's almost you don't have eleven starters on defense anymore right, you, right? it's 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 the numbers almost closer to twenty yeah in, in a perfect world yeah and, and Powell Gordon who plays now at Auburn got hurt some last year so Mark Tolan rotated in Cape Rayburn started to play some defensive end Clark Cleveland and Coleman Graymary were starters and now they're they're playing a couple of different positions Graham Young was a rotator he is now a starter. And everybody else is making their first start at Auburn High. It's that's that's a little bit concerning. But on the flip side, they're getting to go against a, a Hoover offense that you know that the line is back, the running back is back, but they got a question mark at quarterback. It, I think that's a good scenario to set up for their defense. That sort of leads into my next question: you know, what, what do you know about the Hoover team? Auburn's going to see tonight, and what, what do you um, what, what do you expect them to be able to do well? I know that they're going to attempt to run the football. I think with a young quarterback, word is that it was going to be a freshman in in Jonah Winston, but I got an email from the AHSAA with the projected starters, and it's not Winston. Instead, it is um, it's going to be one of their other um, quarterbacks that was that was in the hunt for it. So, but that position in particular is the big advantage for Auburn High School. Clyde Pittman back. Started last year, broke a ton of records, 29 touchdowns, six picks, over 2,000 yards, 70-some-odd percent completion. Um, He could be the difference in the game because he played last year in big games. Right, compared to whatever quarterback. And you might see more than one tonight. I think Hoover is going to end up playing more than one quarterback. And you mentioned Winston. That's younger brother of of Jameis Winston uh, and uh, and, and, uh, Brian Harson's son still on the quarterback chart. Behind uh, Pittman, right? But I, I would not be surprised to see Dave, Davis Harson get some snaps tonight. Interesting. Uh, I know that that they went in last year wanting to get him snaps. I think it's a bigger deal this year because he is a junior, and they, and Auburn cannot be stuck in a situation going into next year where Davis Harson doesn't have any live reps. Yeah, and, and I saw um, I, when when I was Davis Harson has been I think occasionally at, at practice uh, for, yeah. uh, for for Auburn when, when the media has has been out there, and I overheard a conversation. I'll keep the the individuals anonymous, but I overheard someone wonder aloud, you know, who's who's that. Sort of impressive looking athlete, and someone else say, "Oh, that's that, that's Harson Junior. That's that's Davis." Davis Davis looks. He's really like he looks the part. He he knows the game. He knows the offense. He's earned the opportunity. So I I, I would not be surprised to see him get some run tonight. Um, and, and, and uh, like you said, I mean, the, the value of getting him experience yeah. if he's the presumptive starter next year uh, for you know even even with a, a player like Clyde Pittman who you yeah. don't want to take out of the game right. very often after the season he just had, but there is value in getting uh, someone else some experience when, whenever you can. And as when I was talking with with the coaching staff about the possibility of getting Davis some snaps, they both said, "Look, 
if it happens, it's because Davis has earned it. It's not because Clyde hasn't done anything well. They both have had great summers, great fall camps, great springs. So um, I, I think the quarterback position for Auburn High is going to be a strength. I think they're both going to go out there if they get the opportunity to make plays. I think this game comes down to both teams stacking the box because both teams have offensive linemen back, and they got running backs back. Who makes plays out wide? Wings ninety four three. Uh, t- tell folks uh, f- first of all the, uh, the the times of, of the broadcast. Yep. I know uh, we're, we're off the air at six. About a half hour later, you guys start uh, with the uh, w- with your pregame coverage yep. and, and everything else, and, and, and tell folks about the broadcast team this year. So six thirty uh, airtime, seven o'clock kick. Uh, I know Bill asked about this. It is on TV. Uh, right. lo- look through the channels. Uh, basically, wherever you can find the state finals is where this game's going to be. Just throw that on mute and turn us on and sync it up. Right. We were asked about uh, being able to stream the game uh, yesterday. It, it will that's, be. That's, on- that's behind the paywall for and NFHS NFHS. Yeah. But it is it is available over the air locally. There's a local yes. broadcast a way to watch the game in some in some of the uh, uh, part of the region. So that is uh, an important uh, yeah. I'm glad glad to put that information out there. Folks want to be able yep. to watch tonight if they can't make it out uh, to uh, to Crampton Bowl. But they'll also they can stream it or listen live on Wings yep. ninety four three uh, with, with with you and uh, and, and Rob Pate's back. Yeah. Um, and and I can tell y'all he's. He, Obviously, being a doctor is pretty darn smart, but when he starts talking about football, it it really makes me feel like I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Um, he brings great insight, knows the game really, really well, um, and also in this matchup knows the Birmingham area really, really well. Um, brings a whole lot of knowledge about the game. Uh, Jack Hudden's going to be helping out as well. Uh, as we adjust the broadcast some this year, he's going to be helping out making sure that everything runs smoothly. Um, and then, of course, we couldn't do it without the people that make it possible. Uh, like the Orthopedic Clinic and Russell Building Supply, Southern Union, Ace Hardware, Goose Performing Arts, and Jeff Coat Trent. That's right. Happy happy to have promotional consideration uh, from uh, from everyone, and a uh, yeah thr- thrilled for another year of yeah, a lot lot of sponsors uh, on board uh, for the great job you and everybody does. Should mention Drew as well. And Drew Drew comes in. He runs y'all's show from four to six. Yeah. He gets about thirty minutes to relax, but he doesn't because that's when we start going through audio checks and making sure everything's up and running. And then when six thirty goes, we go live, and it's high school football in the state of Alabama in August. You don't know what's going to happen. That's right. I mean, it, it's uh, you guys do a great job. It's it's thrilling to listen to, and by, by all means, folks should make it out in in person if they can. But if not, Wings ninety four three here in the local area. Uh, Wings, uh, you can go to aunetwork.com yep. and find the Wings 94.3 tab, and I believe it's wingsfm.com also. You can get there directly, but listen live that way on Wings 94.3, and, and you can hear the uh, you can hear the entire game, and, and you can listen to you guys all season. Yeah, and also on NFHS tonight, the plan is to, it's a little bit different because it's it, we're on location, we're still going to try to sync up the video from AHS Mass Media, uh, which is a, a high school student run production site. They do a fantastic job. Sync their video up with our audio so you don't have to time anything up. It's done automatically, and uh, and you can watch and listen that way. Um, all the home games will be there, and then a select uh, hand, handful of road games will also be done. Happy to uh, to, to remind folks uh, to uh, to listen in for, for Auburn High School football. We're thrilled to be the home of Auburn High School Athletics 
uh, here at the Auburn Network. We talked to uh, Dan Norton earlier in the week, uh, and that's that's always a pleasure. And and yeah, great, great to uh, great to get with uh, with you, Scott, about uh, this upcoming season. An exciting year uh, for Auburn high school football. Folks can catch it on Wings ninety four three. I believe Jack is waiting. I yep. believe he's arrived and, and ready to. I don't want uh, I don't I don't want you to be uh, I, I don't want you to be a minute late for this thing because you <laughs> well, came and talked to us. And uh, and, and I know you got a uh, you, you got. Well, something. we just it's it's you know it's five o'clock on a Friday. Well, four fifteen on a Friday. Five o'clock traffic when we get to Montgomery, and it's an AHSAA event. All kinds of fun, right? And, and I'm, you know, I'm sure the ambulance will make it. So, maybe, oh no, no ambulance going <laughs> up, up the road. That's, yeah, that's, that's in Scott's contract. So he's, yes. he's actually he's not. He will not. He will not get in the ambulance uh, for any reason. All right. So, uh, so yeah, folks, uh, tune in uh, to Wings ninety four three for tonight's season opener, Auburn and Hoover, live from Crampton Bowl. Scott Bagwell, voice of the Auburn uh, High School Tigers. We're going to take a break. I think we're going to get uh, Bill Cameron on the line uh, when we return. Uh, he's uh, going to talk with the coordinators. Uh, Shortly uh, after they finish up with uh, the scrimmage on campus for Auburn University today, the all-important uh, second scrimmage. So uh, we'll talk with Bill. Love to hear from you as well. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. You are listening to the Friday edition of the Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Hour number one of the Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck. In the studio, Drew Forehand at the controls. Doing a great job, as always. Big uh, high school football action tonight. We just talked with Scott Bagwell from the Auburn High School Tigers, the voice of the Auburn High School Tigers, uh, making some time for us uh, before he uh, drives out to Montgomery and covers uh, tonight's broadcast, tonight's Auburn and Hoover game from Cramden Bowl, which you can catch on uh, Wings 94.3 and uh, and AUNetwork.com if you want to stream it live online. Speaking of streaming and uh, uh, reaching out via the Internet, I believe we have a connection with Bill Cameron, who is on Auburn's campus. He'll speak with the coordinators shortly. Bill, can you hear me? I got you good, Dan. Can you hear me? Yes, you sound great. And uh, uh, I know I know it's just a couple of minutes before you're expected to talk with uh, uh, with both coordinators following today's scrimmage. What do you expect? Uh, we'll start with Eric Keesaw, the Auburn offensive coordinator. What sort of, of subjects do you expect uh, folks to inquire about uh, when Coach Keesaw takes the podium? Well, obviously, I mean, the first question is how did the quarterbacks play? How do you separate themselves? Uh, is Finley could be uh, running with the first team? I would think those would probably be the first questions. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear, get, you know, get perspective from Eric Keesaw and Jeff Schmetting as how things went. It sounded like the offense and defense uh, were, 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 were pretty even the first time out. So we'll see what they have to uh See what they have to say here this afternoon, but no, I don't. There's no, no, no way that uh, they're going to avoid questions about quarterbacks early on. Certainly, the quarterback will be one of the uh, the first things folks want to know about. I'd I'd like to know who's running on the first team at the offensive line uh, with, with the uh, with, with the scrimmage today, and and what you know what sort of what competition still looks like at at that position because uh, there. I mean, especially on the interior, it seems like there's been uh, there's there's been upheaval uh, throughout the uh, throughout fall camp, right? Yeah, and that's that. That may be a little more difficult because they really don't talk. You know, want to talk about the guys that weren't out there. Um, 
maybe maybe just generic questions about the offensive line will bring will bring some of those answers up. But but yeah, you're you're right. That's that's the other big big question right now is how is the offensive line going to shake out, and is it something that they feel confident enough in to say, okay, these are our first five guys. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, the, the most recent sort of questions about you know where, where guard and center could go. Uh, you know, indicate that there's you know there, there's still playing time up for grabs at those spots. You know, between several different candidates. So that that to me would be another one where uh, you know, and and again, like you said, maybe, maybe we don't find out. Uh, the the whereabouts of some of the guys that weren't out there, uh, but maybe you know you could find out how how the the players that were able to go today uh, performed. You know, I, I I don't know that that's that's another one to me where uh, I, I don't it's it's I don't know how much more where else on the offensive where where else on the offensive side of the ball do you see competition, Bill? We were saying yesterday with with Justin, it seems like maybe they've narrowed it down uh, to six receivers. I could see someone else maybe in the rotation, but it's tough to play a lot more than six receivers, especially with the tight ends Auburn has. Well, it is, but I mean, uh, I, I think there's there's still definitely a lot of competition that's that's right there. I mean, uh, early on, you would hope uh, you you can get yourself in situations against you know teams, uh, especially like Mercer here, that you are able to look at a lot of players. So, I I don't think being the number seven guy at wide receiver or even the number eight, the seven or eight guy at wide receiver is uh, going to be as difficult as if you're the number three quarterback or if you're, you know, if you're, if you're number two uh, somewhere on the offensive line. So it's a lot easier to rotate those guys, you know, and play a whole bunch of them um, if you're moving the ball because you get a lot of plays, then uh, they can get a lot of players in at those skill positions. But you've got to have that chemistry, the cohesion there on the offensive line. And, and we've seen it's just not usually a, a wise decision to, to be rotating quarterbacks. Uh, again, I expect to see more than one quarterback in the Mercer game, regardless of how, you know, how much distance there is between one and two or, or two and three. Now, when you say that, because I think there's a lot of different interpretations of what more than one quarterback in, in the Mercer game looks like. Do you think... You know, there there will be like early on you, you could see entire drives where it's one quarterback or or another, or are you thinking more you know, packages for Robbie Ashford if he's not the starting quarterback? Right now, that's what I'm thinking, the the latter. I think if you if you do, if you see a couple of drives then this another quarterback comes in and runs a couple of series and then another and then the third one are back, if you're back and forth, then that tells me they don't know who the number one guy is, or they're not sure about the number one spot. And the downside of that, I mean, I, I think there's there's an upside to that if it's truly wide open, in that you get to see him against an actual, you know, another team's defense in full contact football. I think the concern would be, are you, you know, are, are you taking? I mean, would would one guy, would someone benefit from getting the first team reps? You know, is 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 the the longer the competition goes, are you harming the development of whoever ultimately wins because they're not getting exclusive first-team reps at the moment and working with guys as much as they possibly could be? I, I mean, it's it's unknowable, right? Because you know, you know, it's it's an open question of how much a guy could develop if he got all those reps. But but that I, I mean, that strikes me as the the possible downside of going into the Mercer game with things with still wide open. But at the same time, if uh, if if that's if that's what the situation requires, uh, then then they're you know they're they're going to use they're going to use that game to evaluate. That's true. Although again, 
the way it has felt up to this point is I don't think it's as wide open. I, I think there are a lot of people hoping it's still wide open or hoping that the reason, you know, I, I'm hearing people going, oh, it's, it's desperate time because Brian Harson hasn't named a starting quarterback. He said from the very first day that 10 to 14 days out, he'd like to have a starting quarterback name. We're 15 days out now. You know, you've got till next Wednesday is 10 days out. So, I mean, if you haven't named one by next Wednesday, then maybe it's still wide open. But I, you know, we haven't really had the feeling that, oh, there that it's that it's still wide open that he hasn't separated. He he himself said after the scrimmage last week that there was some separation. Now today is the uh, the opportunity to either widen that gap or for that separation to be closed, and that's what everybody wants to hear about this afternoon. I, we'll, we'll see if we get that info or not. Certainly, and. I mean, even the phrasing of wide open, I think, is is a little bit questionable because when we've watched practice, it's felt like there's been, you know, T.J. Finley has been pretty firmly the first guy up and, and getting and getting maybe I mean, I haven't had the, the clicker in my hand telling you exactly how many reps each guy gets, but it does feel like, yeah, T.J.'s TJ's usually the first guy up with the first team and feels like he's getting more of of the first team reps than than maybe maybe some of the other ones. So I I, I would think um yeah, I mean it's it's uh we'll find out after today how wide open things really are cuz it does feel like there's a lean yep. right now towards uh towards one quarterback and that's and that's TJ Finley, the guy who finished last year uh in in the starting role uh for uh for Auburn. So it's uh that I t- I totally agree. I think that's going to be uh maybe the first question Eric Keesaw gets regardless of any sort of opening statement uh, he makes when when he takes the podium in a couple of minutes. Uh J- Jeff Schmetting is yeah, going to Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. No, I was just going to say and if he doesn't answer it to somebody's satisfaction, I would expect he gets asked in different ways as many times as possible for people to try to get some kind of answer but, right uh, I, I would expect yeah. i would expect him to be asked about all three quarterbacks right it, oh, it yeah. feels like you're going to get that and then and then maybe moving on to you know other other pressing business try to get try to get some names on the interior offensive line i know everybody's going to be talking quarterbacks bill try try to get him to name names on the interior offensive line all right so jeff schmetting is also going to take the microphone um there, there's not as much competition it feels like on the defense it feels like there are there are spots where you have a decent idea who's going to get most of the playing time at least to start the year where what what are the exceptions to that where do you think there's still uh, there's there's still something of a question as to uh, who could start and, and who could uh, you know who could be uh, the, the next guy up uh, at, at at certain defensive spots well, i think the first thing probably well there are two uh, one, I would say the safety opposite Zion Puckett and the linebacker opposite Owen Papo. I think you've got some really good options at both those spots. And I think you'll see the competitors, the guys who've been competing for those spots, um, th- those guys may play pretty close to equal time uh, unless somebody really steps up here. But those are probably the two spots that there's uh, th- the biggest questions about over on the defensive side. Certainly, and the candidates, uh, the candidates to be the linebacker next to, uh, next to Owen as, as you see it right now? Uh, well, sure. I mean, it'd be uh, Cam Riley and West Diner. I would think you're, or you're definitely your top two guys there uh, that are competing for that spot. And we've heard good things about both of them. And then there at the safety, uh, Caden Bridges, uh, along with uh, uh, Craig McDonald and, and Marquise Gilbert. I mean, uh, all three of those guys uh, we've seen taking snaps with the first team. Yeah, that's a, that's a um, that that I mean, Zion Puckett has been a constant. Uh, when when the first team is is out there at at safety, but it, yeah, it, see, it feels like the other spot has been uh, pretty open and uh, it could could go a, a different ways. And I imagine they would. That's another one where 
in, in the Mercer game, I would expect to see most of the guys you just mentioned, right, in, in, at the safety oh, yeah, spot. Yeah. To get I, some... I think you see all those guys if they're healthy. Looks like uh, folks are starting to head down. All so, right, so uh, we're we're gonna let you we're gonna let you head over and uh, and, and catch the, uh, the the media opportunity and and just like that we've got the music as well. Tell you what, we, we had have a good timing. Absolutely. So we'll uh, we'll, right, we'll check. I'll, I'll call you back in just a little while. We'll check in with Bill after the uh, after the the press conferences are over. If we have the opportunity, we'll try to get that audio to you uh, before the uh, before the end of the show as well as both Auburn coordinators uh, will be addressing the media following the scrimmage at Jordan-Hare Stadium uh, that uh, that apparently just uh, just wrapped up uh, moments ago. 334-321-1390. Love to get your thoughts on uh, you know how, how you see things now. Uh, what do you uh, where you think this quarterback battle could go? We're going to talk with David Pascal from the Chattanooga Times Free Press right around five o'clock uh, for a couple of minutes. Get his read on other storylines in the SEC. But in the meantime, love to hear from you. We'll be back. You're listening to the Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls. Love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We've been able to uh, talk to a lot of Auburn uh, football players uh, in the last uh, week, week and a half. A lot of media opportunities uh, with uh, with different players on the team. Uh, it's been a busy week on campus, so we, we haven't gone to, uh, to, to all of them. Uh, but I have been able to attend uh, most of them. And one player that I thought was really interesting and someone that I, I'd never heard from uh, personally, I, I missed his media opportunity last year. I don't know if he had one because he was an incoming uh, transfer at the time, is, is Marcus Harris. Uh, the uh, the defensive lineman, Alabama native, came uh, back home uh, after uh, starting his career as a Jayhawk, uh, was, a, uh, was, was a, a contributor on the defensive line, and as he talks about, you know, has really become a, a key piece of the defensive line this offseason and somebody who is, uh, you know, big things are expected of in 2022. So uh, Mar- Marcus was uh, was able to uh, talk to the media earlier this week. And uh, before we hear back from Bill Cameron following uh, the uh, the coordinators at the scrimmage, I thought uh, I thought we'd run a little bit of Marcus Harris from earlier in the week because he was uh, he was really good. And uh, some interesting stuff about uh, what is expected to be a very good uh, defensive line for Auburn in 2022. So here is Marcus Harris. Yeah, I got Marquis Robinson back, so... That's a question about Marquise Robinson. Anytime you get a guy that needs football like that, and he'd be hungry when he come back. So I can definitely see the hunger in your ass since he came back. Yeah, uh, he's been improving. Marcus, stand back to ESPN 106. That's me. What did you feel like you needed to improve on uh, this offseason and, and how you have met those goals? Uh, I, I feel like I need to improve on pass rush more and get to the quarterback more often. Uh, I've been working on that this offseason, and I'm my biggest critic. So last year I wasn't happy with how I fit the quarterback. So this year I had practice this spring, this summer. That's all I practice. And, uh, get more stuff in the run game, too, also. Mark Murphy asking him about 
the the weight he's he's put on uh, the weight Marcus has put on this offseason and, and uh, how how he's how he's, how he's dealing with it. Conditioning as well as putting on the weight is uh, it's really not that hard because we condition a lot here. So it's just running and putting on putting on the weight. You think it's gonna help you be more effective? Yes, yeah, so I I seen their improvement uh, this fall camp with it. Uh, at first I was like kind of worried about it wasn't gonna have me sluggish, but I seen the improvement and helped me uh, maintain the gap more. And I got more weight, so like now I can sit on double teams even longer instead of like. I just want to jump in here for a second with that. With that, it's not um because I so we had, yes he was asked about the weight he's put on uh, since the season ended. It's not a it's not an Elvis situation like this is it's very it's very good weight. Like Marcus Harris looks great and um and and his uh, uh Drew, Drew you're you're seeing the video right it's. <laughs> Yeah, Drew is, Drew is impressed by Marcus. I just wanted to be clear. It's not. It's not as though he's. You know, it's it's he's developed. Uh, you know, love handles in a gut or something. And and it's, you know, and they're asking him how he's going to you know still play football with it. He, he is he is uh, someone who has uh, who's coming to this uh, this this camp looking very impressive uh, physically. And and Mark was asking him about. I, I guess now that there's going to be more of him uh, on on the inside and more of a three four situation, or even even as one of the three linemen in a three four situation as as one of the two ends. Uh, he, he could still be uh, he could still be asked to take on offensive linemen a lot. And that was sort of the the question from from Mark Murphy there about the uh, about playing as a uh, you know uh, putting. Putting on weight and still staying as uh, as effective and as explosive as as Marcus has and uh, and so I, yeah let's 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 get back to Marcus there but I, I wanted to jump in and provide a little little bit of context there after the after that question and answer. Might as well walk out that now. I'm doing good. How about you? Hey, man, I'm here, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, from the what makes Robbie so tough to defend? Uh, Robbie, he can uh, approach, uh play. He can get out the pocket. And the rush line is not perfect. You can find the smallest crease and increase the defense. So this count, like, we even have to focus on Robbie, like, running, and it's different from the other quarterback. So we got to make sure our rush line is perfect when uh, we practice against Robbie. And then um, to follow up, do you remember um, Texas and Indian last year? Yes, sir. Playing the exact. What do you remember from him then? And was it like? Is new bias asking uh, him uh, about yeah, like, Robbie and um, Zach in, and in the game? It's like we trying to get after him, but now like he's our teammate and he's actually been a great teammate. He's uh, walking in, in on us and opened up to us and been sharing some of his thoughts and his experience with us and helping us with a better D line and a better team actually. And, and seeing him playing against him is like he out there. With a player break now, but he'll always like find a way to try to get out the pocket and throw it away instead of just taking the sack. So that's what we uh did against last year. One more thing for me, you probably figure out what I'm going for. It's uh TJ, you played with him last year. Where have you seen his improvement? Uh he he just getting the ball out quicker in uh count. You can see like on the defense line almost that he'll get it out real quick before we can get to him and, and like it's improvement from last year because last year he had just sit take take a sack or Sit and throw the ball out of something, but he meant to find the open receiver when the play seems to break down that last moment. He'll throw the ball and get it. Then he also got better to get out the pocket, too, and he'll uh, take off running and surprise us a couple times. So man, he's, he's getting better with that. 
Some audio from Auburn defensive lineman Marcus Harris. We'll, we'll get back to that. It's not, uh, it's not over, but I, I did want to uh, talk a little bit about his answer there as he, as he was asked about all three quarterbacks. And, uh, and, and for folks who, uh, who pointed to TJ's inability to get rid of the ball last year, so, you know, at times he held the ball too long as, as one of the issues, uh, to hear, uh, to hear Marcus Harris say, you know, the, the first thing when he's asked about how TJ's improved, the first thing he, he says is, uh, TJ Finley is, is getting the ball out quicker and, and making his decisions, uh, more rapidly, uh, than he was making them as the quarterback even to end last season. I think that's a sign of a, of, of a quarterback, uh, you know, a, a quarterback developing, a quarterback growing. And, uh, and, and if, if T.J. Finley ends up winning the job, you know, I think that could be something that, uh, you know, bodes well uh, for, for the Auburn offense uh, if, if, it's, if it's going to improve from, from what it was at the end of last season. Let's, uh, let's, let's go back to Marcus. I think, I think he's got some more. Question about the defensive identity. I feel like we have found our identity. We just got to keep improving on it. And uh, focus on the minor details like uh, communication and get it, make sure everyone get the call uh, from DBs to linebackers to linebackers to D-line. And uh, our identity basically being disciplined and being tough. Because we always, our always have a good defense. It's just like how disciplined can we be and can we maintain that throughout the whole game, throughout the full quarters. It's Brian Matthews asking about Jeremiah Wright. Yeah, so we're going at it pretty good. That's like uh, my best friend, like one of my best friends, because he's from Selma, and I'm from Montgomery. So I got, I have, I got a lot of family in Selma, so I've been knowing him before he came here, before I came here. And yeah, we've been going at it pretty much. Pretty much. Was he been with the middle backs? How did you feel about Yeah, he loved it. Like, he, he said that he uh, – he kind of was in between and before the uh, start of camp, and he was like, he going to try our defense. But uh, we can always tell that his love is offensive line because he's better, he's better moving at offensive line, and he can really cause damage on the offensive line. He can really help them as a unit. You didn't tell me any of your secrets or anything? No. <laughs> I think he know he be, he be knowing a couple of our plays because he was at defense. So, like, that make it even, like, challenging going against him on team periods because he know our cause. But like at the same time, we just getting us better because when the other team don't know our cause, they won't know how to stop him. But if we beat him and he know our cause, like it's just more challenging for us. A couple of the position coaches have complimented the upperclassmen leadership on this team this offseason. Who's really leading the way on the defensive line, and has your role changed uh, in the last year, year and a half? Yes, sir. Um, on defense line, Derek Hall, Kobe Wooden, and me, of course, I had stepped up my role. Um, just Last year, coming from Kansas, I really didn't want to come and change up anything here. And I didn't know anybody yet, for real. So I just had sat back and watched and see how everything was going. But like a lot of times, I wanted to say something, but I was scared to say something because I wasn't part of the team. Like, I feel like I wasn't part yet to prove myself. But, like now this year, I can say more, and it's more like open. And people are more open to listening to me because uh, last year I had proved myself a little bit. So this year, uh, Kobe Wooden and Derek Hot have been. Uh, more leaders uh, help us with leadership. Marcus, Ben, I know from the Montgomery advertiser, what, what's it sort of just been like this offseason continuing to work next to Colby and, and what do you two sort of keep learning from each other? Uh, it's been great. Like, um, we'll come and get some extra work in by ourselves. It's just like he wanted the top defense line in the SEC and I'm trying to get where he's at. And, and we always push each other because he, I, I'm better. 
he feels like I'm better to run and I know he's better to pass me. So we just take each other game and try to come with each other. And he teaches me what I could have given on this play to get got a uh, better pass rush. And I teach him like on this play what he could have did, stand or split up to him or something like that. So we just been taking notes from each other and trying to build our game up like that. Marcus, um, you mentioned Jay being from Selma and you being from Montgomery. Mm-hmm. What does that kind of mean for you guys who are from East Alabama, from the area in particular? One being here, but also helping guys inside the guy credit now who comes from. Dubai is asking about um about what it means to be a local guy well, I mean, playing playing for Auburn. From this area, just coming to Auburn because this always been like a dream come true. Like it's still no fair rest. Sometimes just sitting in these seats, but um like helping guys that are not from this area, I kind of like took in that role because like. Some guys are scared, like when they come from different places. I know how I was when I went to Kansas and how I was scared and stuff. So I try to like embrace them back and feel like a family. And so in different places around here they, they can go to get some good food, uh, a good place to go if I have fun, like go places, move there and stuff like that. Where's the spice that you Oh, you know, hey, 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 Drew cut this one off. Like for the go eat. Yeah. He's, he's going to start naming off the private businesses here in town that aren't sponsors. Actually, no, you know what? I'll, he, he does. He does mention. He does mention Willie's Wings. Actually, which which got a, which got a kick out of the uh, out, out of the room uh, as, as a as, as a place that he, he recommends to, uh, uh, to to incoming uh, to incoming Auburn people. But it was no. It was great to hear from. Uh, it's great to hear from. And I think I think that's just about it, right? They ask him. I think that's the the end of the video. So uh, they uh, they they ask Marcus. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff about the uh, about about the off season he's had. His first full off season as a uh, as as a returning member of the team. Last year was his first year on the team after transferring in uh, from Kansas. And uh, and yeah, Marcus Harris stepping to the podium earlier this week and answering some questions from the Auburn uh, from from the Auburn uh, press pool. And speaking of which, uh, m- many of those uh, many of those folks are currently talking uh, with with Eric Kiesa, Auburn offensive coordinator. Uh, we're going to try to talk with Bill Cameron uh, following uh, the media opportunity with the Auburn coordinators. Got a lot of audio uh, from this week too. A lot of player opportunities throughout fall camp, and uh, and love love to run some more of those if we have time. Uh, so uh, we will be back. Don't go anywhere. It is the Friday edition of the Drive. Stick around. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in the... Final segment of hour number one, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. Love to hear from you as we uh, await word from Bill Cameron. He's on campus right now, as uh, I believe uh, the uh, the press conference is is uh, about to be underway uh, with, uh, with with Jeff Schmetting, uh, defensive coordinator, taking the podium first following uh, the second scrimmage of the season for the Auburn football team and an important scrimmage. Uh, Bill, Bill's been talking about it all week uh, with uh, with the folks that we've had uh, here in the studio uh, when you've got a quarterback battle, especially a quarterback battle with more than two candidates vying to be the starting quarterback. I mean, you, you can't... It's It's difficult to split time between three guys while still preparing for a game 
uh, and and trying to trying to implement you know, trying to install an offense and, and get ready to face an opponent, especially when you're talking about three quarterbacks who don't have uh, identical playing styles. You know, they're, they're guys who you know the, the offense might vary depending on which quarterback is in the game. So I think Auburn would love to get closer to naming a starter or narrowing the competition down if possible. At the same time, if you've got three guys that are really performing and you don't want to eliminate somebody from the race, you know, you 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 know, it's uh, you. Auburn will make the necessary decision then in that situation. You don't want to do anything premature and eliminate someone who could help your team before you need to. And, you know, there's a debate about when Auburn really needs to, but Brian Harson said, you know, he wants to have a quarterback, a starting quarterback, a little more than a week before the opener. Ten days out was the uh, was the, was the number uh, that Bill cited a little bit earlier in the press conference. Uh, so uh, uh, so it's um, yeah. I mean we'll we'll find out more. We're we're going to talk with Bill uh, following the uh, the media availability. The fact that uh, they're already talking with Jeff Schmetting right now suggests to me that that we should have plenty of time with Bill in hour number two. So you're not going to want to miss that three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. You can also text the show three three four five six four eighteen forty on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also present the podcast, uh, which uh, if you missed any this week, I, I would encourage you to check out uh, the podcast. Uh, go to AUNetwork.com and check out the podcast center. By the way, folks who have been having issues with the website, uh, I would encourage you, if if uh, if, if, a, uh, if a website or an address that had been working for a while, we, we've had a little bit of changeover uh, here at the station, uh, try AUNetwork.com or Radio Alabama. Uh, dot, uh, is it radioalabama.net? I should know that as, as an employee here. Radioalabama.net is, is the other way you can, uh, you, you can find us on, on the web. But, uh, but AUNetwork.com uh, has the podcast center, has the link to listen live. You can also find The Drive with Bill Cameron on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron. You'll find us on Google, Apple, Spotify, all, all the different ways you can hear the show. And with Jason Caldwell, Justin Ferguson, Brian Matthews, I mean, a lot of great guests this week and some audio, uh, from players, uh, that we've, uh, we've had the opportunity, uh, to speak with Scott Bagwell came on as well to talk about uh, the uh, the upcoming Auburn high school football season. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the number to dial. We got Brett uh, hanging on. What's up, Brett? Hey, Dan. Um, you might have a- answered this already this week, but if Auburn's in a on defense in an obvious passing situation and they're running a four man front, other if they if, tell me who the four. Would be, in your opinion, would it be Hall, Leota, Wooden, and who else? I, I believe. Uh, I think. I mean, it might be Marcus Harris. You know, I mean, in in thinking about, I mean, because I I think that if it's if it's a situation where they would want Hall and Leota on the field together, I imagine yeah. they they might go with with they might go with Wooden and and Harris as sort of the true. You know, the, the, one of, I mean, I guess all four of those guys that have their hands on the ground or, or Harris would maybe be the one next to, next to Colby. I mean, they could go larger. I've heard good things about Jason Jones, um, you know, and, and Jeffrey Umba. Those are really big guys, but, but you wonder how effective they could be, like you said, in, in an obvious passing situation. I, I wonder if the answer would be, uh, would be Marcus Harris, the, the gentleman we just heard from. Okay. Uh, well, one thing that brought that up uh, in your previous show, some guy said that uh, he felt like if Auburn could hold someone to 21 that this year in a game, that Auburn should have a great chance of winning. And you know that that I'm sure Auburn would uh, struggle to win some games. But I got to looking, 
and I didn't realize this, but, you know, last year if Auburn had scored 25 points in every game, that they would have won, uh, I believe, nine games. I believe uh, Georgia, Mississippi State, and, uh, oh, Penn State are the only ones who scored over 24 in a game. I think I think that's right. I mean, I, I mean, the the Auburn defense had a couple of performances that you know you you would think it, it, with with just with just tinkering on offense, not a you know it's it's not a uh, yeah, it's not a, it's, in a whole lot. Yeah, it's not a tear. It's not a tear down. It's not a tear down and restart from the you know from the ground up. I mean, and a lot of folks in the SEC are pointing out, and Auburn's one of them. They could point out you know the the margin of victory in a handful of losses last year is. A score, or or maybe a, a little bit more than a score, which tells you you might not be that far away, even if the win loss record feels like you're really far away from where you want to be uh, with, with with slight improvement. And and Brett, we've seen it in, across college football: seven and five becomes eleven and one with a lot of the same key figures there, a year older yeah. and a year better. I'm not, I'm not saying that's yeah. what's, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen to Auburn, but but we've seen yeah. we've seen seven win quarterbacks turn into ten or eleven win quarterbacks before their careers are over. I wouldn't be shocked if Bo Nix uh, won ten games before the end of his college career uh, at, at, as uh, as the quarterback at Oregon this year. Well, if he does, does uh, Terry still have to pay, or did that have to be at all? I th- you know I I think. If your argument is that Bo Nix is a seven-win quarterback and he goes and wins ten at Oregon, I think I won that bet. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not. I did just watch JFK, so maybe I'm up for arguing these sorts of things like Jim Garrison. But I, I think I got a decent case there. John Candy, also great in JFK for the folks that have uh, never seen it. Brett, appreciate the phone call. We're up against it. We're going to try to get some updates. Tell you what, if you want to hang on, you, you might have had more. I know, I know it was a, sort of a short segment there, so feel free to hang on through the break if you want, Brett. Uh, in the meantime, 334-321-1390. Love to, uh, uh, love, to, uh, love to hear from anybody else who's got some thoughts on everything going on in the world of Auburn athletics as the football season approaches. We're going to check back in with Bill Cameron following the media opportunity for the Auburn coordinators. Stick around. We'll be back. This is The Drive. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls. Hopefully you're enjoying the first Friday of the new school year for Auburn University and the uh, uh, first uh, the first weekend of the, uh, the, first, the first full weekend of the new semester. Be safe out there. Be careful. If you're on the roads tonight, watch out for pedestrians because they're, I mean, people are just going to be all over the streets. It's gonna be may- it's gonna be mayhem. Stay off the streets tonight if you can. Just yeah, it's like the purge. Stay home. Just just stay home this weekend if you unless you unless you absolutely have to. I mean no, I mean support our local businesses and all that. But 
Yeah, stay stay out of the way. Three three four three two one thirteen. That's mixed messages. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. Uh, three three four five six four eighteen forty is the uh, text. The, the drive text box. Uh, the uh, the hotline sponsored by the good folks at Kia of Auburn. You can also, uh, of, co- of course, the, the second hour of the show is brought to you by the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Uh, the, uh, the Ortho Clinic, we're not just, uh, you know, we don't just talk about them. We, we visit the Ortho Clinic uh, here at the drive uh, when we are... When, when, when one of our limbs is in need of repair. And so, uh, yeah, big, big shout out to the folks at the orthopedic clinic. Southeastern Industrial Contractors sponsors the Drive Text Box. They also sponsor the podcast. If you, uh, missed any of the show this week, uh, you should check out the podcasts of the Drive. Uh, however you listen to your favorite podcast, go to aunetwork.com, check out the podcast center or use, uh, your favorite, uh, podcasting platform. Uh, we're going to talk with David Pascal. Totally slipped my mind at the end of the last segment, uh, that we're going to talk with David Pascal from the Chattanooga Times Free Press, uh, on, uh, in, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we're going to usually talk with him on Thursdays, but he was nice enough to, uh, to, uh, to, to push his availability to Friday today. Uh, I think he had a, uh, he had a, uh, middle school football uh engagement uh, that he had to attend uh yesterday and so we'll uh, we'll we'll talk with David in just a couple of minutes as uh, as he gives us uh, a little bit of time to tell us about what's going on around uh, the SEC a lot of uh, a lot of big matchups uh, opening uh, opening day uh, we're getting closer uh, to the first game week of the season and so we'll uh, we'll check in with David about what's going on around the conference uh no one follows the SEC better uh, than David Pascal happy to have him as part of the uh the incredible lineup of folks that come on this show. I'm not just saying this as someone who uh, is paid uh, to host this show. I, I really, I mean, the the folks that we. No, I mean this. Like I, you know, most of the stuff I say I don't mean. But but this one, this one, I really do. Like the uh, the 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 folks that we get to talk to to provide information. And I mean, and look, if you if you rely on me or Bill for information, that that's great too. I mean, that, you know, we're, we we do we do our best, and I like to think that we we know, we know a thing or two, but. We get to talk with people like Brian Matthews and, and Jason Caldwell and Justin Ferguson, and uh, to, to get uh, to, you know to get to get the absolute latest. And, and Bill's you know there at the press conference right now on uh, on the on the Auburn campus. I, I think Jeff Schmetting is, is currently at the podium, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get word in from from Bill uh, by the end of the show about what's uh, you know about the uh, the latest from the Auburn uh, coaching staff following uh, today's uh, scrimmage as the. Uh, and, and an important scrimmage for uh, for spots where there's more than you know there there are more there are more candidates than there is playing time. You know there are still some spots on both sides of the ball uh, where where Auburn probably has a player too many uh, in the in the battle uh, in in the competition to be the starter or even uh, to be the primary backup. And this is a scrimmage where those kind of difficult decisions are made about how much playing time a player could receive to at least to start the year. Uh, how, how much a player could be involved in the plans uh, for, uh, for 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 an Auburn uh, coaching staff. So uh, th- this is a uh, th- this is th- the scrimmage that just finished up is pivotal uh, for some of the guys that are trying to break through onto the depth chart this season. And uh, the primary question is going to be when Eric Keesaw gets to the uh, the podium. And uh, we're not uh, we're not getting uh, David Pascal right now. We might try him uh, a little bit later on. See if we have the uh, uh, see see if we have the ability to uh, to, to get in touch uh, with, uh, with with David. But the 
Um, and and th- things pop up, so we'll, we'll see if we can we'll see if we can get David. If we if we can't, we'll we'll try again uh, at another time. Uh, but the uh, as I asked Bill in the last hour, the quarterback question is going to be the uh, the first thing Eric Kesaw is asked about, and folks are going to want opinions about TJ and Zach and Robbie uh, from Auburn's offensive coordinator. But but on both sides of the ball, it's not just quarterback. There's there's questions about who's going to be out there uh, to start the season on the offensive line. Uh, there's questions about uh, who's going to be playing on the defensive line uh, in in situations and and even uh, at safety. Uh, there's I, I think may, maybe the the most pressing question on the starting lineup right now for the Auburn defense is, is who's going to be the, the other safety next to Zion Puckett. And there are a couple of players that are uh, in the mix trying to, uh, to to make an argument that they are, are the ones who need to be out there. So we'll check in with Bill Cameron when we have uh, the opportunity. I know I know he's going to wait till the, uh, the the media is is done uh, with the uh, with the scrimmage. But in the meantime, love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Big high school football day uh, in, in the state of Alabama as well. Kickoff Friday for uh, for most of the program's in the state and some big games, including Auburn and Hoover uh, from Crampton Bowl. We talked with Scott Bagwell in the last hour. You can catch that game on Wings 94.3 or AUNetwork.com. Go to the Wings 94.3 tab and listen live if you want to hear Scott and Dr. Rob Pate calling tonight's Auburn and Hoover opener for the Auburn High School Tigers. Thrilled to be the uh, the broadcast partner of Auburn High School and, and, and the Auburn High School uh, athletics program. So, yeah, yeah another exciting year uh, upon us. And uh, you can catch the season opener tonight on Wings 94.3 and, uh, and online at aunetwork.com. Really appreciate Scott making some time for us. They are on their way. Uh, to Montgomery right now. They'll be at Crampton Bowl soon. Drew, uh, Drew will have the, uh, uh, Drew, Drew will be in, in the studio, uh, at, at the controls for Auburn and Hoover, uh, tonight. So a, uh, yeah, another exciting season for Auburn High School football and Auburn and Hoover, uh, will get, uh, underway as the, uh, you know, in, in just, uh, just a little more than an hour from now, uh, the, uh, pregame show starting on Wings 94-3. The number to dial. I'll tell you what. We might take take a break a little bit earlier. We'll have some player audio when we come back. I'm also getting updates from Bill Cameron right now about some of the things uh, that, uh, that that Jeff Schmetting uh, has to say at the Auburn scrimmage. So I'll have an update from the uh, uh, from the press conference room when we come back. We're going to try to get with Bill uh, when the uh, before the show is over, uh, time permitting. I know I know Eric Keesaw might not be finished until a little bit closer to six o'clock, but hopefully we're going to get to hear from Bill. As the uh, you know when when the coordinators finish up, he can call in and, and let us know what he heard uh, from both uh, the offensive and defensive coordinators following today's scrimmage. But Bill sent me a couple of updates uh, from the uh, from the press conference room as Jeff Schmetting currently answers questions. So I'll give you uh, give you what Bill's told us and uh, and maybe run a little bit of player audio uh, when we return. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Drive. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. The... Friday edition of The Drive, hour number two. 
Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls. Bill Cameron on campus right now. He is uh, actually, I think he's waiting for Eric Keesaw to enter the uh, the media uh, window or the media room. Uh, the defensive coordinator, or, uh, Jeff Schmetting, just finished up with the Auburn press pool and Auburn offensive coordinator, Eric Keesaw, shortly uh, expected uh, to uh, to to follow suit. Uh, some uh, some observations from uh, from Bill. I know I know some of the folks in the press pool uh, live tweeting their reactions as well as as Jeff Schmetting uh, gives uh, gives his answers. Mentions a couple of players name checked by uh, by Jeff Schmetting according to uh, to Bill Jason Jones, uh, the uh, defensive lineman uh, who transferred in from Oregon, uh, who is as Justin Ferguson likes to point out the largest, or I, I think one of, or or maybe the. Uh, the the tallest or tallest and heaviest player uh, on the defensive line in, uh, in 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 recent in recent Auburn history listed at uh, the heaviest uh, any any player at his position ever. Apparently, he's played well. Uh, the uh, uh, the the competition at safety, uh, as as Bill alluded to in the, in the first hour, is something uh, that Jeff Schmetting uh, answered a couple of questions about who's going to be playing uh, next to Zion Puckett. Uh, uh, Craig McDonald has been taking strides, according to uh, to Coach uh, Coach Schmetting. Uh, Caden Bridges as well in that uh, in in that uh, conversation. So yeah, a couple of different uh, a couple couple of different spots where Jeff Schmetting is asked uh, for, uh, for for his observations. Uh, Wesley Steiner apparently had a, a strong scrimmage as well. Somebody who uh, Bill mentioned as a, a player who th- th- this could be an important scrimmage for someone who is uh, is his role a little bit more uncertain, especially in in competition with Cam Riley to be the starting linebacker. You imagine Auburn would use more than just uh, the two linebackers, so the, the the backup or the the next guy up at, at that spot would still be uh, would still be important. However, uh, yeah, I mean, I imagine uh, you'd like to make uh, you'd like to make a case that that you deserve to be uh, the first guy up. And for uh, for Wesley Steiner or Cam Riley, I don't think either of them have a start. Uh, in in their Auburn careers, and and one of them will most likely start the season opener against uh, Mercer, and yeah, apparently uh, apparently both of them uh, name checked at different times by Jeff Schmetting uh, today. Uh, so uh, no uh, no real insight there. Another player, somebody we don't talk about enough, I think, because uh, he's also got Derek Hall at his position. Uh, but Eku Leota w- was very productive uh, last year. Was uh, was uh, a guy who uh, at at times was was Auburn's uh, top threat as a pass rusher. He's had, uh, by, by all accounts, an impressive spring. And Jeff Schmetting again today, uh, talking uh, in, in depth about uh, the, the work that Ekuliota has put in this fall. And today, uh, in the scrimmage, uh, Jeff Schmetting telling the media uh, that Ekuliota uh, had a uh, had, had a very strong game uh, for himself. So yeah, he mentioned that there could be some movement and some clarity uh, on the depth chart regarding uh, different spots where they're f- trying to figure out uh, who could be an impact player defensively. Uh, the uh, but but. Uh, some some players uh, that that he mentioned, uh, you know, again, Jason Jones, uh, Kane Bridges, Ekuliota, and and, uh, and Craig McDonald among the guys. Wesley Steiner as well, uh, guys that uh, that got name checked uh, specifically by Jeff Schmetting today, uh, following their performance in the scrimmage. Also pleased with the defensive line uh, depth as a spot where we've we've talked about. It seems like Auburn has a lot of different guys who could be. Uh, could be productive or, or could be called upon uh, different roles. Maybe the, the defensive line depth was was part of the reason why Jeremiah Wright went back to the offensive line. Could also be uh, the, the possibility of, of playing time or some opening, uh, some some openings on the on on the the defensive line or the offensive line uh, for uh, for Jeremiah Wright. You know, providing a path to playing time. Uh, but for uh, but but for Jeff Schmetting, yeah, naming a couple of the uh, couple of the key players today uh, in the. 
uh, in the second scrimmage of the season when he was uh, in front of the media minutes ago. And, and I believe Eric Kesaw shortly, uh, if, if not already, Eric Kesaw will be uh, will be talking with the media as well. Figured we'd hear from an offensive player. Uh, since we've, we've gotten to hear from, from so many uh, different players this week, haven't run much of that audio for you. Uh, Brandon Council, uh, the uh, veteran Auburn offensive lineman uh, who got here uh, before the start of the uh, 2020 season and has been a uh, yeah has been has been part of the offensive line uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, someone who was uh, extremely productive at the beginning of his Auburn career has battled some injuries, uh, but is competing to be a first uh, a first teamer uh, somewhere on the Auburn offensive line. And earlier this week, Brandon Council uh, spoke with the uh, with the Auburn press pool, and and here's what uh, here's what the uh, veteran offensive lineman had to say. Blessing this year, actually, because it's probably the healthiest I've been since I arrived in 2020. Um, haven't had no problems. Not so, yeah. so it's been great to be out there with the guys competing again and doing it at high level. Brandon, have you brought that thing over for a second? Have you been in the center here recently? Where have you been in? Yes, I work in a little bit of center as well. Um, I played that history. I played all five positions on the line. And wherever coach wants me to work, I work. But so far, I've worked at center as well. And, yeah. and also a guard. A guard. So, coach? Yeah. I'm making King over 24 7. I've heard a lot about Tate Johnson in his progression, particularly from Coach Fred. What do you see specifically? I know this person. Man, uh, it's night and day. I remember when he got here in 2020. Uh, you think Tate was a guy like that. Is he going to play here? But, oh, my God, the progression has been unreal for this kid. He has stepped up when we needed him most. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all watched the scrimmage, but he stepped up, took blue reps, huge role, and he did well. And we're proud of him as a unit, and he's just adding another toolbox to the overall in terms of like his vigilance skill set, we can talk about how much he's progressed. What do you think? He's gotten a lot stronger, and he's very quick. He's definitely one of the quickest and shifty on off the ball. Great, Mark Murphy from Inside the Pioneers in twenty four seven. You set any goals for yourself this season? What would you consider successful season for you? Are you talking about just for me or the whole team? <laughs> um, the goals. For me and the team in general, is to win a championship. It's always been the standard. It's what we want. I know it's part of the reasons why I came back because I believe in the program and I want to win a championship and I want to be part of that team that does it. And another goal just for me, I would say, uh, obviously, I want to get through healthy, but I want to probably be the best. I want to be one of the best in the whole line this year. I want to do what it takes to keep my butt up. Ben, I'm JG with AuburnSports.com. Does it feel like your career in Ohio was like a lifetime ago at this point? Absolutely. I'll tell you what. I mean, I, you I, I, I don't miss it at all. I don't get me wrong. It's, there's brutal winters out there. It's like two degrees. You play the buffalo out there. Yeah. Or I'll take this heat in again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it does feel like a lifetime ago. You know, it was a lifetime ago. <laughs> Been in college for a minute. So. <laughs> you thought you'd be down here just a little while, right? Yeah, I, I did. I thought I, was, I really thought 2020 was going to be it for me. And then I had the setback injury. But, you know, guys are playing for everybody. And, you know, I'm grateful for the path I'm on right now. Going up on that, going for a second, I'm getting, um, 
Tate Johnson's asked to start. Do you think he's capable of stepping up and doing that for you guys? Absolutely. Uh, us as an O-line and including myself have the most confidence in Tate Johnson. Brandon, uh, after Brandon, the month coming up, I for an offensive line group as, as experienced as y'all are, what, what has sort of been the main emphasis in terms of where you want to make the step of improvement in this preseason and this training? For us this far, the biggest, since we've been playing together for a while, our biggest thing is effort and finish. More as in, we're going to stay on blocks until the end of the whistle, don't let nobody shed off and just be nasty, you know. Put them on the ground every chance you get. Is, is that an area of finishing blocks that, that you think hasn't made you that perfect in the past then? Uh, not that it hasn't been perfect, but it's definitely one of the biggest things between that and communication uh, that we needed to work on the most as a line. And I think as us coming back, we also was a, we come with a coach fit in the weight room. We came really stronger as a unit as well. So being able to provide more push up front. I imagine you've not had up with Jason Jones at time two in this game. Jason Jones, the kid. Tell me what makes him effective. Uh, he's he's a big guy. He can plug holes, you know. You know, you can't be like six six, three hundred and thirty pounds playing nose guard. I mean, plugging holes in a run game. That's what you do. He's he's a big body. You have to move. You got to get it leverage. Get up under. But he, he has a good camp so far. I had saw Alvin Bailey, Brandon, talk about Jason Jones being a factor in the run game. What have you seen out of yourself in the offensive line in terms of getting that push in the run game so far during practice? Us as the alignment there to get the push against the defense. Uh, I mean, the scrimmage kind of speaks. I feel like we, we were moving on their scrimmage, and I think we progressed a lot in that area. Just us being able to get on double teams better and get the push. And one-on-one, and Coach Frank, the technique he's teaching us making it a lot easier and we're finding out points in the block is like, hey, you just get that punt right there, he's going to have to move over a gap and you're going to get that push out there. And stuff like that. Anything else for Brandon? That was Auburn offensive lineman Brandon Council, who uh, talked to the media earlier this week. Uh, still, uh, Still waiting to hear... Uh, from uh, from Bill Cameron, he's on campus. I believe uh, Jeff Schmetting is done, and they're waiting to hear from uh, from Auburn offensive coordinator Eric Kiesaw. So we'll we'll hopefully have time uh, to get an update from Bill uh, before the uh, before the end of the show regarding how the uh, you know what, what Eric Kiesaw had to say. Feels like there's probably more attention on the offense uh, in uh, in today's scrimmage uh, than the defense. Uh, Jeff Schmetting did have a you know he did name check a couple of players uh, when he went up there in front of the podium, uh, but Eric Kiesaw with the quarterback battle intensifying. I'm sure there will be. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of interest in what Eric Kiesaw has to say, and tomorrow, uh, the uh, the Auburn uh, practice open to the media, uh, so we'll uh, we'll get to see a little bit of it ourselves next Saturday's practice, the twenty uh, seventh. Uh, Auburn, uh, that one is is open to the uh, the, the public. Uh, that's the uh, the fan fest uh, practice. So hopefully people can make it out uh, to Jordan Hare Stadium on the twenty seventh tomorrow. Uh, the media invited to watch uh, most of practice, and then uh, Brian Harson uh, will uh, will talk uh, with the uh, will will meet with the media following practice. So maybe an announcement or at least an update 
on where things stand at the quarterback position, maybe updates as well on on, on different spots where there is uncertainty at the moment and, and questions about uh, the availability of different players. We'll, we'll see what kind of information uh, we get, not just from Eric Keesaw uh, in the next uh, few minutes, uh, but also uh, from Brian Harson tomorrow as Auburn uh, just uh, just two weeks out from the season opener, the Mercer game two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, we're just, uh, uh, you know, we got week zero uh, coming up on the, uh, on the 27th. A lot of, a uh, lot of, uh, college football games scheduled for a week from tomorrow. I think the, is the game in Ireland uh, a week from tomorrow? I think, I think that's right. I, th- I think Nebraska and Northwestern is, uh, is, is a week from tomorrow. The, uh, Vanderbilt Hawaii game. Also a part of the of the week zero slate, and then yeah, two weeks from tomorrow, the uh, the, the opening weekend for for college football with not just Auburn and Mercer, but so many big games. Uh, Florida and Utah uh, going to be uh, going to be doing battle uh, that day. You got LSU and Florida State. Uh, the uh, the that's uh, the Saturday night game. Georgia and Oregon. Bo Nix uh, facing off against the Georgia Bulldogs yet again as the Oregon starting quarterback. Yeah, lots of cool stuff coming up as we are just uh, just a little more than two weeks away from the first full college football Saturday of the season. A uh, a week away from a little more than a week away from uh, from from game week as well as a uh, a lot of a uh, lot of busy a lot a lot of busy things happening here at the radio station and a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff including. As we've mentioned a few times today, including Auburn High School football, uh, you've got the, uh, the the season opener for Auburn High against the Hoover Bucks on Wings 94.3. Uh, they are going to be broadcasting live from Crampton Bowl in just about an hour. Uh, the broadcast gets started uh, from the uh, from the folks at the uh, from 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 the broadcast team at Crampton Bowl as as Auburn and Hoover uh, kicking off the 2022 high school football season. You can catch all the Auburn High School games. On Wings 94.3 and AUNetwork.com tonight, streaming live and and all season long. Scott and the rest of the gang broadcasting live, and you can uh, can catch all of it right here on the Auburn Network family of radio stations. Still waiting for uh, for word. I think Eric Keesaw has has entered the, uh, I think Eric Keesaw has entered the chat. So we uh, we, we should we should get to hear uh, some updates uh, from uh, from from the uh, from the uh, from from campus regarding what the coordinators had to say. Jeff Schmetting has already uh, has already spoken. Waiting to hear what Auburn offensive coordinator Eric Keesaw has to say regarding uh, the, uh, the the scrimmage that finished up just a few minutes ago. Love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Phone lines open until we get Bill Cameron back on the line. Your thoughts on what you're hoping to hear from uh, regarding Eric Keesaw and the uh, and, the, and the quarterback battle. Uh just just sort of your uh your indications about where it's going. Your your concerns. I know I know there's uh, uh there, there's folks out there that that have uh uh, you know that that are that are skeptics of 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 uh, of, of the different quarterbacks uh, competing, and, and I think especially T.J. Finley after the way he finished last season. I'm, I'm you know, I want to give folks the benefit of the doubt, and I've seen quarterbacks improve. I'm, I'm not trying to sugarcoat, you know, the, the way T.J. was playing at the end of the season last year, but at the same time, you know, he was he was thrown into action, and there there was a lot going on behind the scenes for Auburn, not just at the quarterback position, and. We've seen we've seen guys improve. We've seen guys take strides. And TJ, we, we've seen it in the past with quarterbacks, especially after they get a little bit of experience. And, and, and TJ has, uh, you know, it, it, by, by all accounts, has has taken some strides this offseason and might might just win this job. We'll see what happens. Zach Calzada, Robbie Ashford, still very much in the mix. Although it does seem like at the moment, TJ Finley leads 
the competition. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. Would have loved to get with David Pascal. We'll try it again another time. I know it's a, it's a busy time for him as well. Love to hear from you. We'll try to link up with Bill Cameron before the show is over. We got more player audio as well, so don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Friday edition of The Drive. Continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls. Bill Cameron on campus. I believe Eric Kesaw has uh, has entered the uh, entered the media room. So we are hearing about uh, the Auburn uh, the Auburn offensive uh, the, the Auburn performance by the offense from today's scrimmage. The pivotal second scrimmage for the Auburn football team in fall camp today. Uh, again, we get to uh, we get to see a little bit of this tomorrow as the Auburn. Uh, Practice is open to the media, and Brian Harson will talk to the media tomorrow following the practice. So I imagine uh, any any updates you get from Keysaw today uh, it could be uh, reinforced uh, by Brian Harson tomorrow, as Brian Harson provides updates on everything going on with his team uh, two weeks out from the season opener. Hoping to hear from Bill Cameron uh, before the uh, before the end of the show and, and get some updates from Bill, who was at the press conferences today uh, for Eric Keysaw and uh, and Jeff Schmetting. Uh, who uh, who already spoke to the media? New defensive coordinator Jeff Schmetting. In the meantime, we do have a ton of player audio. I wanted to uh, uh, let's see who else we've got there on the. Uh, I, I, you, you, do, do you have Steiner? Yeah, let's run Wesley Steiner because I thought Wesley Steiner was really really good. He's uh, he's another one of the linebackers battling for uh, increased playing time. Uh, w- wouldn't be surprised, especially with Auburn having lost Sakobi McLean and uh, Chandler Wooten. Uh, following last season, and and uh, T.D. Moultrie, who, who contributed at linebacker and and the edge. With with those players moving on, there's playing time opened up at linebacker. Wesley Steiner is somebody who apparently has had a uh, an impressive off season. He was name checked by Jeff Schmetting earlier today. Wanted to give uh, wanted to give folks a chance to hear uh, Wesley Steiner, who I thought was very impressive uh, when he spoke to the media earlier this week. I, I think from this past fall, I've made uh, leaps and bounds from how I've, how I've performed in the past, and I'm, I'm very pleased with the work I've done so far and the improvement I've made um, since for me uh, it's very noticeable that there's been definite growth and and direction I wanted to go so for myself I'm very proud of myself so far that I've worked well and I've studied well to get where I'm at at this point in in regards to my coach Harson being happy um, it's kind of just a byproduct of me doing my job well I guess you know, it's, uh, that's kind of what we try to do. I try, I try to do every day is just do my job to the best of my ability, as best I can. So, you know, if I'm making plays, and obviously he's going to be happy if I'm making plays. So the fact that I can make more plays and, you know, my teammates are pleased with what I'm doing, it's just uh, all the more pleasant. His linebacker position, you really need a scrimmage to show as much as you can do because such a physical 
Scrimmage has definitely helped. I know what we were talking about, you know, depth charts be getting settled in after the first scrimmage and then went to the second scrimmage and get more finalized as we get closer to the season. Um, I definitely don't think it's all from scrimmages. Uh, I definitely think that, you know, your everyday, how you approach the work definitely plays a part in, you know, how coaches feel and how, um, how you grow. So uh, I think it's good that as a level position group, we get to go out there and tackle for real. Since that's something we need to continuously practice, and it's a little harder to practice tackling than modern football. So um, I'm definitely appreciative of the scrimmages, and uh, I definitely think they do help getting our room more well rounded. Let's say, Brian Matthews on sports.com. You mentioned your improvements. What areas did you come into this year wanting to improve the most? Football IQ, football intelligence. Um, being, yeah, just being a better football player and understanding what am I doing, how do I how do I affect the field, how do I affect my teammates, and uh, really taking strides in like what is my job, and I've definitely taken strides in that. Cause, you know, coming in, coming into the summer is really uh, difficult. You know, my freshman year is really difficult to pick up the playbook as as, uh, as quickly as the team is moving, and uh, definitely. Understood the value of spring ball and getting that under your belt and just having that time to learn your scheme better. I've definitely improved on learning my scheme and I've continuously trained the small details like, you know, where do I place my eyes? You know, and obviously I'll catch myself not having the best eye discipline all the time, but, you know, it's way better than when I first came in. Your bias what have you noticed as a defender with the quarterbacks, um, particularly with uh, Finley comes out of that action? Um, a lot like Bill Nates, uh, Robbie's a pain in the butt, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, you, a, lot, a lot of times your defenses are designed to handle 10 players, you know, because you don't, don't normally expect the quarterback to scramble. You know, quarterback creates extra gaps in the run game. So um, Robbie's definitely just been a problem and it's put me on high alert every time he's in the game since there's a good chance he might scramble out and extend plays. Um, you have two quarterbacks, just as deadly, just as accurate as they usually are. Um, I know people are going to bash on TJ. TJ's a good passer. I'm not going to have anyone bad mouth him. He's a good quarterback. Um, and Zach Calzada is just as good as a quarterback. They're all really good quarterbacks. I have no idea um, um, who's going to play. Um, I just know that they all give me problems, but the one I hate the most is Robbie because he runs the ball. <laughs> How tough is that when you can't tackle the guy? Um, you know, it's it's not so much like I can't. I don't want to tackle him. It's just like you want to be in a position to, to contain him. Right? So, so um, it's not frustrating to see him scramble. Obviously, it's frustrating to see him scramble out. It's not frustrating. Like, dang, I can't tackle him. It's just like, okay. Do we, are we doing what we need to do so we can't get these extra league yards that we don't want them to have as a defense? How fast is he, man? Very. You know, and, and that's, that was one thing with Bo Nix. It's like, you know, he, once he gets moving, it's hard to get an angle on because you don't expect him to be so fast. You know, and Robbie's, to me, they move just as quickly. I remember at one practice, I, I ran right by him and I felt the wind run past my ears after I rushed by him. So, you know, he, he, he's fast. Was it making King Auburn 24 7? We were talking to Cam last week and he was saying how valuable those reps were for y'all in the spring. Obviously, you would have 
Mike have had opening up there, but you guys getting so many first team reps just for you individually. How valuable was that experience with the first team defense this um, I think it looked a lot of trust with the first team defense, just me, just me being out there, um, you know, and, that kind of, and also kind of play back in the scrimmage um, where I may have had a couple plays I didn't like so much, um, but the first team guys were just as encouraging as, uh, as they would have been in the spring. Um, and I definitely think that spring carried over. Uh, this game is carrying over now as in like the confidence they have in me to do my job well. Um, I, I remember talking to Colby Wooden on this, at, uh, during the scrimmage when we were getting ready to go to goal line. And um, I didn't know if I was going to start the goal line off or not. So I was just like, well, hope I hope I can do out there start. He's like, well, I know I'm going to go out there. It's just a matter of when. But he was, I was like, hey, Colby, you trust me on the goal line? He said, 100% trust me on the goal line. So I was like, well, I, I, I wouldn't expect that. Hear, hear that? It's like, well, why wouldn't you expect it? You, you're consistent. You do your job well. So it's like, well, dang, I never thought about it that. You know? Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely... The, the refs definitely helped out um, confidence-wise for me and just being around guys who, you know, they can trust me and look at me and like, oh, he's going to do his job. So my teammates have confidence in me, and that gives me confidence. Auburn linebacker Wesley Steiner talking to the media earlier this week about sort of what's different for him uh, this uh, this offseason. Eric Kesaw, Auburn offensive coordinator, uh, just uh, meeting with the media. I believe it's still going on right now. There have been some reports out of there. I've, I've been in contact with Bill Cameron uh, getting because uh, Bill is is in the room uh, with with Eric Kesaw as he has asked these questions following Auburn's second scrimmage of the year. Quarterback, the first thing Eric Kesaw was asked about, and and he mentions that he's got to uh, he's got to review the film, uh, but it's going to be a hard decision. Uh, and uh, and he's uh, he's not looking forward to uh, uh, to making it. He was asked to go into a little more detail. Uh, he complimented T.J. Finley's command and precision. Uh, he said that Robbie Ashford made some uh, some flashy plays, uh, but he's learning how to play the position. And uh, and Zach Calzada uh, is uh, is is inconsistent. He's had some good days and some bad days. They they've brought him along. Bill told me. I think this is an interesting one. Uh, Bill told me. Uh, you know, he asked. Uh, Bill asked. Uh, about about T.J. Finley specifically, and Eric Keesaw expressed excitement. And again, don't want to don't want to blow this out of proportion. Eric Keesaw expressed excitement about seeing T.J. Finley on Saturdays. So a you know a, a couple of uh, you can you can read between the tea leaves. Uh, he said that all three quarterbacks took first team reps as they uh, as they evaluate the team. And uh, Eric Keesaw expressed some excitement about the receiver group based on the strides they've made this off season. Uh, but uh, T.J. Finley apparently uh, another impressive scrimmage uh, for, uh, for for Auburn's uh, returning uh, re- returning junior quarterback who. Uh, may in fact uh, hold on to the starting job throughout the offseason after finishing last year as the embattled uh, starting quarterback of the team. Uh, but Eric Keesaw apparently uh, offering some more praise today uh, for uh, Eric Keesaw, or Eric Keesaw offering some more praise today for TJ Finley and the development he's had this offseason. Keesaw still talking to the media, might wrap up. Uh, during the commercial break, so I'll tell you what. Let's go to break, and if it's uh, if it's over when uh, when when we come back, we can get Bill Cameron on the phone to get more detail about what was said on campus by both Auburn coordinators following the second scrimmage of the fall earlier today. We're going to try to get with Bill. Uh, in the meantime, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Love to hear from you. But let's take a break and and see if we can get with Bill Cameron when we come back. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Friday edition of the Drive. <laughs> Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. 
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of the Friday edition of The Drive. Fun show. Lots of uh, lots of different pieces of news flying in. You got to talk with Scott Bagwell at the top of the show. Big night. Uh, big night for Scott. Obviously, the uh, Auburn high school, the the Auburn high school football season kicking off in just about an hour or so. Uh, Cramden Bowl, Auburn and Hoover. You can catch that on Wings ninety four three. Second scrimmage of the season. Auburn uh, coordinators meeting with the media, and I believe we have Bill Cameron. On the phone, live from campus, Eric Keesaw just wrapped up his media availability. So thrilled that we get a couple minutes with Bill uh, before the show is over. Bill, what did you hear from uh, offensive coordinator Eric Keesaw and defensive coordinator Jeff Schmetting in the last few minutes? Well, I'm sure what everybody wants to hear about is the quarterbacks. And and uh, when you know Eric Keesaw first started out, it was like you know he gave the the, the typical uh, you know we'll have to wait and watch the film tomorrow. But then when when Asked who, you know, how, how the quarterbacks did today. The first thing he said was TJ has been, has been consistent and he showed it again out there today and that they can count on him. But then he said something that, that I, that perked Myers when he said, uh, I, I just asked him, he, he talked about Robbie showing his athleticism, uh, and Robbie can really run. So I just asked him, you know, how's TJ's camp been? How's it been from the summer to the camp? And he said he's been, really, really good, and said, uh, I'm excited about TJ, and everybody's going to see that on Saturdays. And I thought, oh, okay. That's not really saying he's the guy, but it's it's tough when you heard the order that he mentioned, the first quarterback he mentioned was TJ. He talked about Robbie. talked about Robbie really working on saying when he first started, Robbie was throwing everything as hard as he could, and the ball just wasn't catchable. And he's really working on that, and he's getting better. Because with his athleticism, they've got to find ways to get him out there, use his legs, uh, have him hit the corner with the option of being able to throw the ball. And then said Zach, um, Zach just really was trying so hard to come back from injury that he wanted to jump right in there and do everything. And he's really struggled with his consistency. So uh, I, I think I think we're where we were, you know, in our minds heading in. I think it's I think it's it's. TJ at the top right now, and I'd be very surprised if he doesn't, um, you know, start the start the opening game. Bill, you, that that word consistency has come up uh, a couple of times in this in this quarterback battle. I remember, I mean, before fall camp started, uh, when we when we were hearing about what Brian Harson was looking for, that was a word. I think at media days, you know, he he talked about his his you know he's looking for consistency. It's not it's not just about having a great game or a great day in practice here or there. It's about showing that that you can be. QB one day in and day out, you know, uh, game in and game out, and it it seems like based on what we're hearing at least in the battle to be the most consistent option, it, it's it's TJ Finley. Yes, and one thing he did point out though after that was it's not just it's not just knowing the offense; it is knowing the offense, but it's not just knowing the offense that he's really excited about TJ's tools that he has. And the plays that he can make. So, so I, I thought that was interesting because, yeah, we've heard consistency, 
Uh, with, with TJ, we've heard, uh, you know, athleticism and he can really run with Robbie. And then we've heard Zach just, you know, working on being the same day in and day out. We hadn't really heard as much about, you know, he hadn't heard anything almost but those things about those three quarterbacks up till, up till today. Eric Kiso was asked about the other positions as well on the offense. And there's, uh, there's news. There's, uh, you know, there's, uh, some, some interesting players getting, uh, getting name checked at, at different spots. What, what did he have to say about the offensive line? Well, offensive line. First, he said uh, that it, it's really good to have some of the veterans that weren't out there this spring back. He said he's pleased overall with the play of the offensive line. But then Brian asked him, um, you know, did did Tank go today? Uh, were Tate Johnson and Brandon Council working at center? And he said Tank did not go. He could have gone, but they really wanted to see the other guys. And said Demari Austin once again really had a very good practice today. Now. Both of the coordinators pointed out this was not a full scrimmage. This was situational. I think it was goal line, red zone, and third and long. And that's pretty much they'd line up and just work on a third and long, and each each quarterback and each group would get those opportunities. He said, so the numbers may not represent what you would think in a scrimmage when all your running backs have 25 or 30 yards because you're only doing certain things. Tell you what, those are but, those uh, are high leverage situations for a quarterback, right? You think yes. about those three; those, those three situations are moments where a mistake can be, you know, can, can be can be hugely damaging to 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 an offense or to to a team. Yeah, and the only uh, the, the only turnover that we heard about was a pick by the uh, uh, the freshman uh, uh, Osbury. Right, who was mentioned by Jeff Schmetting when when uh, when, right. when safeties and, and other names were, were mentioned. Uh, Eric, he saw. I don't know if he named any receivers, but you said he was excited about what he's got as a group at wide receiver. Oh, he, yeah, he said that he's that the group has continued to get better. He, he really talked a lot about him and went into detail last time we spent with him. But he said he really feels like they're getting better, and he said he thinks this is a group that's going to sneak up on a lot of people and surprise them until. Until they see him do it a few times, right? And and that's something you know whether whether it's uh, confidence in Ike Hilliard or belief that there's a lot of potential you know that that still has yet to be realized among the players in that room. I you know I can see why Eric Keysaw, somebody who coached that group last year, uh, would, right. would would know would, would would recognize some of the signs of a group that's getting better. And you know as the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach. Uh, improved play from the wide receiver position would only benefit uh, Eric Keysaw in this uh, in, in this situation. You, you mentioned um, you mentioned Demari Alston. Th- there's there 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 could be. I mean, what kind of role do you see uh, for for Demari Alston? Even as the you know maybe the number three it does feel like his name keeps coming up this fall, right? Yes, it does. Demari Alston, I think, has shown them uh, that he has some big play ability. They really like his vision, so. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be more than just your, oh, when the ball game's over, put him in and let him get a carry or two kind of guy. I think that, uh, um, I, I think we, we actually may see three running backs getting some carries. Obviously, Tank is your, is, is the, uh, the bell cow, but, uh, I think, I think Damari's pushing Jarquez Hunter to, uh, to see who's going to get the second most carry. Damari Dem- 